Coming home, well, I'm your host, Dr. Tyler Piron, and today we are going to talk about brains. We're going to talk about donation and brain donation. We have Tyler Malin. He's the chief impact officer at the Concussion Legacy Foundation. He leads strategy and execution on all the programs and all the communication. The Concussion Legacy Foundation is a nonprofit that is really leading the fight against concussion and chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Now, we've talked about CTE a bunch, but we're going to have him talk about donating brains. And it's dedicated to helping the people that are living with all these challenges. Now, he's been there for six years, and he's played a key role in building these programs, creating safer sports for children, accelerating research, especially with athletes and military veterans, and serving patients and families who are suffering from the effects of brain injury across the globe. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Tyler, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. So what exactly is the Concussion Legacy Foundation? Sure, yeah. In a nutshell, the Concussion Legacy Foundation, or CLF, is a is a national and really growing to be global nonprofit. Um, and our mission is to support athletes, veterans, and everyone who's been affected by concussions and CTE and other forms of brain trauma. We work to achieve smarter sports and safer athletes through education and innovation programs. And then we have a long-term goal of ending CTE, ending that disease, chronic traumatic encephalopathy through prevention and really by driving research forward. So for the folks that aren't familiar with CTE, what exactly is that? So We are partnered with the VA and Boston University on the VABUCLF Brain Bank, which we started more than 10 years ago and is really driving all of our knowledge about CTE. CTE is a degenerative brain disease. It's very different from a single concussion or an acute injury. And those who have CTE can have symptoms, including issues with behavioral regulation, issues with memory, mood, anxiety, depression, and they can grow and get worse over time since this is a degenerative disease and can eventually lead to dementia. What we know about CTE that's really important is that this is a very preventable disease. Everything we know and everything we've researched on CTE tells us that it is caused by repetitive hits to the head, repetitive brain trauma. So, you know, that one big concussion you might have had during high school, that one time you bumped your head, that's not going to give you this brain disease. What we're seeing is that folks who have had hundreds and more often thousands or tens of thousands of hits to the head, even if they don't produce concussions, that is what's causing this disease, CTE. So what kind of sports are you seeing that with? Yeah. So if you've actually, if you've ever heard of punch drunk, which was talked about in the early 20th century, that is the same disease. So it first appeared in boxers. That's really where the research started. But then any sport that has brain trauma that you can think of. So from boxing and ultimate fighting to 
football where you have all that tackling and blocking. We've discovered CTE in former hockey players, former soccer players, rugby, anything where you have that sort of constant headbanging, that constant risk of trauma to the brain repetitively is where we're finding it. So how often do you see it in military veterans? We see it frequently. So we actually just surpassed 1,000 brains studied at the brain bank. We hold more than 70% of the world's cases of CTE. Most of those brains are football brains. That's the sport that's really garnered so much attention in terms of CTE and concussions, as you know, especially over the last decade. But we're really growing our research on the military community. Um, I think nine out of the first 11 OEF and OIF veterans who were studied for this disease did have it. And something that's really important to understand is that this is a complex disease. And when we're talking about exposure to brain trauma, you know, I'm sure you know a lot of veterans. I do as well. So many veterans also played contact sports as they were growing up or in high school or in college. So we really see a lot of our military cases also have a history of sports. So the answer is yes, we do see it in military veterans. That exposure to blast injury, that exposure to training, breaching, all of those sort of high contact exposures to brain trauma that come from military service do appear to potentially lead to this disease, but it's so complex when you add in all those other factors. Yeah, if you played sports for five years and served for five years, who's to say apple or, or orange as to the cause? Yeah. So I know Concussion Legacy Foundation, you guys are doing awesome work advancing brain trauma research. This is really kind of a new thing. We've known about it for decades, but we never really understood why or how. But you're doing something in order to help the military veterans with Project Enlist. What is that? So Project Enlist, um, I mentioned that a lot of the research and a lot of the attention around this research has really kind of crescendoed around football and around other really high profile sports. But as we studied more and more military veterans in the brain bank, we were finding this disease. And especially from those who had served many deployments or who had had a lot of breaching as part of their service or a lot of blast exposure. And so Project Enlist is our program to really accelerate that research on military veterans who are suffering from traumatic brain injury, from CTE or suspected CTE, and from PTSD. These are three conditions, all can be related to brain injury and all can have really overlapping symptoms sometimes. And so we really need to accelerate research to find answers, eventually find solutions and treatments. And so the way we're doing that is, is through Project Enlist, we're encouraging brain donation so that we can actually study what's going on inside the brains of some of these folks who are suffering so that we can help the next generation. So the folks that I guess were suffering, because by the time you donate a brain, you're not with us anymore. Yeah. And how do they go about doing that? Do they sign up? They put it in their will? How do, what's the process? Yeah. So one of the really cool things about this program, Project Enlist, is that we are asking everyone to pledge to donate their brain to research. And really kind of the trick here, the marketing gimmick that that is so important with this program is that for you, Tyler, we would love for you to pledge your brain, but we don't really ever want to study your brain. We hope we have all this stuff solved by the time you pass away many, many years later. But by pledging your brain and by participating as a brain pledge, that means you're going to help us raise awareness. You're going to sort of serve as a surveillance system. You're going to help others who might be suffering, tell them about this research. And so that's what we're asking veterans and civilians to do is pledge to donate their brains to Project Enlist. 
That'll allow them to become educated. They can then sort of serve as an awareness and advocate in their community. And so then when someone does pass away, they can perhaps let the family know, are you aware of brain donation? They can sort of serve as that conduit so that families can be aware that they can take part in this really important research program that's going to help so many veterans. So you're not just looking for people with TBIs or PTSD. You're looking for all brains. I guess you have to have some uh, some good brains uh, to see what the differences are. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and with the military community, it's really important to have so many different sort of exposure levels and experiences from our brain donors. And so we accept all military donations, no matter the history of trauma, no matter the level of service, because this is such an emerging issue in the military community. And this brain bank research is what's going to find us answers. So Somebody who served for a long time is not feeling symptoms, but wants to help this research to help their fellow veterans. We strongly encourage that person to pledge just as much as somebody who may be actually feeling some of these effects. So that's an important distinction, folks. It's anybody who served, they'd like you to sign up to donate your brain when you're no longer with us so that they have all the different amount of brains so they can see all the differences. This is a foundational concept of science. You have to have a big N, a big sample of brains to look at and some that are uh, the subject that you're looking at and others as references. Say, hey, this is not here in this and it is in that or vice versa. So why is the brain bank research so essential to finding these answers? So this is a really important question, Tyler. We know there are so many people out there who have suffered TBI, especially veterans who are suffering from ongoing effects of brain trauma from possible PTSD. There are treatments that they can find for the symptoms they are feeling. If you have headaches, there are treatments that may be able to help your headaches. If you have sleep issues, there are treatments that may be able to help your sleep issues. Those are those things are not the same as cures, right? And so what we are doing through this brain bank research is actually allowing us to look at what's going on inside that brain tissue so that we can, you know, find things such as biomarkers to eventually move towards having real therapies, direct therapies, drugs that can actually treat these issues. So at the same time as we are encouraging everyone to see your doctor and to really advocate for yourself to get treatments for your symptoms, it's this longer term research that's really going to actually allow us to find treatments and cures for these for TBI and for CTE and PTSD. So even though you're collecting brains of those who aren't with us, the goal is to help everybody that's still alive, that's dealing with these brain injuries. And, and there's a lot of mimicry with the symptoms of traumatic brain injury, CTE, and TBI and PTSD. And so Sometimes people think, oh, I, I have PTSD and none of the treatments are working. Well, that's because they really don't have PTSD. They have all these symptoms that are grouped together and, well, they were in combat and close enough PTSD it is. But in reality, they don't have PTSD. They have a traumatic brain injury or chronic headaches and all these other symptoms because of a brain injury. And this research is going to sort of figure that difference how is the research coming? Yeah, the research is is coming fast and furious. Our role 
uh, we are, again, we're the Concussion Legacy Foundation, and we're one of these three partners on the brain bank. Our role is to be that outreach partner so that we are making sure the research continues flowing. We continually have people participating in clinical studies and in, in the longer-term brain donation research. We just surpassed 1,000 donated brains to the brain bank, which is a major milestone. This brain bank, again, was founded just over 10 years ago. It was founded in 2008. And so surpassing 1,000 brains has just taught us so much about, first of all, how we can prevent CTE especially, and then how to go about treating it. So we're really excited. We actually just put out a report called our 1,000 Reasons for Hope, which is a tribute to the 1,000 families and the 1,000 legacy donors who, are, who have participated in this research because without those families, we don't know anything. There is no research. So we're really proud of this milestone and so thankful for everybody who's played a part in it. So is there any cost to participate in Project Enlist? There is no cost to participate. So when you sign up at projectenlist.org, you just sign up as a brain pledge. We're going to send you a packet that has all the information you need to know and a personalized brain donor card that has your name on it and the number on it. So you can stick that in your wallet, just like an organ donor card. It's a really smooth program. There is no cost to somebody for pledging. And there's also no cost to the family when somebody passes away to participate in the brain donation program. There's a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year pager, an emergency brain donation pager. So we always have staff on hand to help families through this really sad process. When you lose somebody you love, a lot of these families are doing a really heroic and selfless thing by participating in this research program to help others. And we want to make that process as easy as possible. So there's no cost for the family. And once you make that call to the pager, we take care of just about everything. I would imagine there's a small window from when someone passes uh, for the opportunity to, to harvest the brain, to add it to the bank. And there's a lot of logistics that have to happen. And so letting your family know that you've volunteer to be part of this is probably just as important as signing up. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and that's partly why we have that brain donor card and that packet that comes to you in the mail. It's actually law in the United States that it is your next of kin that is required to actually help this brain donation go through. So that's why we encourage everyone to let your family know what your wishes are, to have that brain donor card on you because it will be your next of kin that makes that happen. And so it's a really important part of the process to let everybody know, yeah, I'm participating in this program. It's really important to me. So now we know a lot of veterans are struggling with the effects of brain injury or PTSD right now. Are there any benefits or help or resources for those veterans that are suffering from those effects? Yeah. So this is a really important component of Project Enlist. As part of the program, we've launched Operation Brain Health, which is sort of a sub-campaign within Project Enlist to educate military veterans and caregivers on how they can optimize their brain health and seek the right treatments, seek the right cares right now during life. These brain donations are really important to push this research forward, but we want to make sure everybody understands that Having a TBI, having long-term symptoms, having possible CTE, that does not determine everything about your future. There are still things you can do to live a great life, to feel better, to find treatments for the symptoms you are feeling. And so that's what Operation Brain Health is all about, is what can I do on a daily basis to make sure I am putting myself in the best position to feel better tomorrow 
and to feel really good a long time from now. So we've looped in some really fantastic medical experts who have shot a bunch of videos for us on daily brain health strategies, on how to seek care, on the basics of PTSD and TBI. So I would really encourage everyone, everything is available at projectenlist.org, but do not give up hope and do continue to seek out that treatment and seek out those ways to feel better because, because they absolutely exist. And I know they exist. And and that's one of the things I love about the foundation and and all the resources and research that are going on. When I was uh, medically retired from the army is because of migraines from TBI. And since then I've went and finished my doctorate and, and managing the symptoms There's no cure yet, but one day we can hope that there's something that'll fix whatever the causes are. Now, CTE is a little bit different and it has a different origin, but the challenges folks that are facing, like not being able to sleep, migraines, headaches, mood disorders, or changes in mood, maybe not even a disorder, they often mimic PTSD and they're not. And that's something that some People just need to hear every day because they go to get help and they don't advocate for themselves well. And so they get treated like what it appears as, like PTSD or just a mood disorder or just migraines or just the fill in the blank thing that they're getting treated for at their primary care and getting the right type of care, get a neurologist involved that is up to date on TBIs, so much of the research is really less than a decade old. And so much is being fed by the Concussion Legacy Foundation and the VA and a few places around the country. There's not a lot of folks doing this research because it's hard. And that's why the VA taking a lead on this is so important. But having partners like the Concussion Legacy Foundation are critical to finding people that are living now, prevent it in the future, donating with Project Enlist, the Concussion Legacy Foundation is absolutely critical to getting this research done and helping the next generation of warfighters be prepared. I mean, we learned a lot in Iraq and Afghanistan how to survive an IED. That would not have happened 30 years ago, 40 years ago in Vietnam or Korea or World War II. They would have just been dead. But now we figured out, hey, we can add hydraulics to the seats so that if they do hit an IED, They're not getting crushed or they're not getting the ripple effect. We've added all sorts of things. And this is the next generation of helping veterans five, 10 years from now. So when they go to war, we know what to look for. We didn't even realize what TBIs were until about 2006. We just said, ah, they've got headaches or or mood disorders or failure to adapt. Now, these people have been deployed like three times and failure to adapt. I don't think really fit, but we put out a lot of military people on uh, personality disorders because they started having problems and we didn't recognize why aren't they being a good soldier anymore? Now we do. So, Tyler, I always ask this when I, I have folks on the show, what should I have asked you but didn't? That's a good question. So I think... One thing that is important to understand about Project Enlist is how different military service and brain trauma exposure can be for people, especially compared to athletes, and therefore how important it is for every veteran and every military service member to understand how unique their story is and how unique their contribution could be to this research. So... 
again, we've built more than 10 years of research on former NFL players and former football players who did not make it to the pros. We can now tell you things about risk as compared to the position you are playing or risk as compared to every additional year of tackle football. We actually released a major paper showing that your risk increases by 30%. Your risk of CTE increases by 30% every single year of tackle football you play. Those types of statistics are not possible right now in the military community because that exposure to trauma is so heterogeneous. There are so many different types of exposure, so many different types of deployment, so many different roles within the military community, so many different histories before the military service for every single veteran. And so I think that's a really important thing to understand for everyone who's listening is that every person has a story. Every veteran who you meet who may be suffering they may not be the same as another veteran who is suffering. And so that's really what we are trying to tease apart through this really important research is understanding every history, every level of exposure so that we can then start to actually publish papers showing, well, this can prevent this occurrence if you started at age 15 instead of age 20, or if you only played a few years of sport prior to your military service, your risk goes down by X. We don't have the ability to publish those numbers right now in the military community because there is so much data that we still need to collect. So again, that's just sort of a, it's a plea and it's a message that your story is important and your participation is so important in this research. As you were talking, I started picturing all my military service. I was a combat engineer for a couple of years. And I'm picturing the thousand pounds of demo that we would do at one time, making cratering holes and and having fun. And and it's awesome. But the blast waves were tremendous. Now, we took cover and we followed all the rules. But there's no way, unless you're in some major accident, you're going to be exposed to those kind of blasts, like on a routine basis. But then I started thinking about my artillery brethren who are firing these massive concussions every few minutes in training or while they're fighting. And those are big blasts that are going off very close to you or shooting a javelin, which is it has its own entire shockwave. And all these different fields and different jobs or even being an armored crew member firing a tank. These are all different types of events that are so different. And we don't think of them as a head injury. We don't even think of them as a blast, except if you look back at it and go, yeah, that was awesome. Well, yeah, it was an awesome, but that's probably about the same as getting hit in the noggin playing football a few times because it's going right through you and your brain's bouncing around. You don't know it, but that little microscopic damage that's occurring time after time after time, it's probably like being a boxer. Hopefully we can get some answers to this. Yeah. And one thing I was going to mention, Tyler, and you said you might not even realize it's a brain injury. That's another thing we see really frequently, especially with blast and IED injuries, is that brain injury often isn't the first thing you're thinking about after you experience that. I interviewed one of our pledges just a month or so ago who who suffered a, a major injury, uh, a major blast injury. He had over a dozen surgeries, eventually lost his leg. And he, to this day, has brain injury symptoms, but he said 
he was never diagnosed with a brain injury because there was so much focus on the other catastrophic injuries that he was suffering from. And I, I think that's an important thing for veterans to think about as well, is that sometimes this isn't the first thing that pops into your mind when you're going through it. But if, if you are suffering from some of those longer term symptoms, it's a great time to talk to your doctor about it, to, to visit our Operation Brain Health page and think about if there's anything to do to help alleviate those symptoms. So, Tyler, if folks want to get involved with Project Enlist, what is the website? How do they get in touch with somebody? How can they call? Whatever they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. So projectenlist.org is the website. You can go to projectenlist.org or Google Project Enlist. You'll find us. And Operation Brain Health is on is linked right on that Project Enlist page. But that's where you can pledge to donate your brain. You can read more about the program. You can sign up and you can view some of these videos, some of these brain health oriented videos to take those first steps if you're needing to take those first steps. Again, projectenlist.org. Our website is concussionfoundation.org. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. So please feel free free to follow, but we hope to see many of you signing up. We've been talking with Tyler Malin. He's with the Concussion Legacy Foundation. We're going to add it to the website. We're going to put it on the Facebook page and all the socials and all that stuff. So if you're interested to, to go donate, please consider it. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Thank you so much for having me. And I wanted to say one last word. First of all, thank you to you and to Coming Home Well for having me on to talk about this. Partnerships are so important in spreading the word for Project Enlist. We're very fortunate to have Wounded Warrior Project as a foundational partner and more than 10 other partners for Project Enlist. So awesome to be on Coming Home Well. If you're associated with another VSO or another organization, the more the merrier helping us spread the word about Project Enlist. So, so don't hesitate to let us know. I sure will. Thanks again for coming on the show. And as always, I learned something new. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Tyler. All right. Take care. Coming home well, helping civilians better help veterans. Wash away.